Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Thursday morning, February 9th, 2023. Glad to have you with us. We've got... 35 degrees in the capital city, and uh, we've got, got a couple of days here where it's not quite going to be where it's been the last few days. Uh, not much warmer today. Get into a, a high in the 30s, uh, 40s tomorrow, but then back into the 50s for the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, maybe Tuesday as well. And then next weekend's looking like we got some more of that as well. So still uh, looking looking generally pretty darn good for the month of February and the weather here. Windy uh, today. Windy, windy and windy. Yeah, oh. today's not going to yeah. Today's not going to be super overly pleasant, but still temperatures only 39. Some snow, it sounds like in the uh, in the state, but believe it or not, it isn't supposed to happen. Yeah, fa- I I heard uh, Falls City had almost an inch of rain overnight. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but as has generally been the case this winter, uh, even when there's snow forecast elsewhere, even when there's snow forecast not far from here, it generally hasn't been falling here, and that looks like that is the uh, that is the the expectation for today. There is a just a smidge of a chance of maybe some rain that turns into the snow, into snow mid afternoon into late afternoon, but nothing significant that. That goes along with that, and then uh, tomorrow, winds are going to go uh, down, we'll have the sun back out, we'll be in the 40s, and like I said, by Saturday, Saturday we may have the nicest day of all of them, uh, as we'll be in mid-50s uh, and sunny skies there. So, yeah, just a, a brief interlude in what's been a pretty nice, pretty nice several days here, and then that's going to continue on during the vast majority of next week, it looks like, as well. It's Thursday, and uh, that means Ticket Thursday. We're going to be giving away tickets to some lucky listener uh, or listeners today, and you're going to have choices today if you are a first winner of Generation Collaboration on the line. Saturday basketball tickets for Nebraska and Wisconsin, if you would like those, or if you would prefer, you can take tickets to see Journey and Toto. Toto at the Pinnacle Bank Arena coming up in March. So as long as we've got tickets available, you get a choice between them. If you win your round of Generation Collaboration, hotly contested this year, and Gen X is looking really looking solid this year. Potential championship for the first time ever for my generation on Generation Collaboration. So listen for that cue to call. That'll be at 710 today, and you'll get your chance if you'd like to team up with one of the members of the team here that matches your generation and see how well you know your own generation possibly for a chance to win tickets and for bragging rights for the generation that you belong to kind of down the five things people are talking about today as always with your morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge insurance and wealth management eight o'clock hour we will have robin and dave the grow lincoln team new restaurants retail businesses open and closing moving and at 8 35 we've got voice of the big red greg sharp and we are uh it's our last visit with him until we are on the eve of game day for nebraska baseball so probably talk a little more baseball today with him review what's going on with nebraska basketball and uh, of course update what uh, he's been talking about with nebraska football as well so we have got a packed show today speaking of packed did you see those pictures yesterday for the people testifying yeah. at the uh the capitol on Act. some of these uh issues about 
uh, about gender affirm gender affirming care, gender transitions, and those sorts of things that have been in the bill. It was a huge turnout for that. I saw a picture of the rotunda, and I couldn't hardly believe how many people had showed up. It looked for like that. hundreds, and it looked. And from what I understand, not all of them, even though that they had they showed up to speak, but they cut it off at some point, and not everybody who was there to speak did get a chance to speak so that will uh that will now go forward and likely be a i would guess pretty pretty contentious passionate discussion eventually on the legislative floor uh now today speaking of issues that have been contentious and passionate for a long time uh, some of the marijuana bills that will go up for nine, discussion today nine thirty. it's the medical cannabis act it'll be 588 that's uh before the committee so this is the one that uh, supporters, at least, are describing as what would be the most conservative medical marijuana uh, bill, maybe law, eventually in the entire United States, and uh, they are they're going to try and get this through one more time. It has failed time and time again with uh, with with this, but the people behind it have. Stayed resolute. They want to keep going with this thing. And so, yeah, as you said, LB 588 will be one of the bills. There's actually a few marijuana bills that are up for discussion there's, there's today. Two uh, this afternoon, uh, LB 22 and LB 634. 22 is uh, Senator Wayne's proposal that would decriminalize the use and possession. And uh, oh, So that'd be the big one. That would be the big change yeah. if that one got through. Yeah. Well, and then LB 634, also going to be heard this afternoon, that's Senator McKinney's bill that would allow the sale of recreational marijuana All right. for anyone over 21. So all three pretty big uh, issues. So, the, yeah, those, I mean, those would be sea changes compared to the medical marijuana bill that is out there right now. And, and I mean, and honestly, those two have very little chance of uh, really seeing a whole lot of support in the legislature given given what's happened in the past would be my guess but the uh, i'll i'll tell you what those who are supporting it uh have been saying i mean i 1011 had had a story today and talked to some of the porters uh, supporters of of medical marijuana and um one of them who was uh, interviewed on this uh, a lobbyist for Nebraska families for medical cannabis was quoted and said, hey, look, we've got two options. You can pass this bill, which he called the most conservative medical legalization in the country, uh, or we'll take it to the ballot and we can have California or Colorado style recreational and medical and uh, and medical marijuana in Nebraska. And so some of the people behind this, at least the lobbyists that are trying to to whip up some votes for this among the state legislature are saying, hey, you don't do this, right? This is going to go to the ballot, and it's going to be a lot, a lot wider when it goes to the ballot, and it's going to be Colorado, California-style type stuff. We will see what kind of an impact that has. And, and then the question is, all in terms of how big of a, how much influence does that potential have on senators, you also have to figure in, Okay, is that something that you feel like if it went to the ballot was going to pass in the state of Nebraska, which I think is is without question, a, it's more of an uphill battle than you would have if you just put medical marijuana on the ballot if it ever got to the ballot. And so, 
you wonder that from a strategy perspective too. If you're an advocate for medical marijuana, there there's there's some thought that if you put a wider ranging one that includes recreational marijuana, that you'd get maybe more money behind it. That the there there because that had been a problem in previous years. But you'd have a more uphill vote, and so. Is that a more risky option as well for the people who are trying to get this passed? Uh, or is it one that's more likely just because of the resources that would be behind it? And are those resources still there, given all the states that are already doing this? And would there be multiple uh, attempts uh, uh, for the ballot? One that's, yeah, yeah, that's what I wonder, too. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you could if, the, if it's a single uh, issue type thing and there's three of them, Yes, you could have. Will, you could really have a lot of. Turnout. Will there be? Yeah, will there be attempts at something that's recreational and something that's medical? Will they have the same people behind them? Will they have you know similar funding? How confusing would that be? Those are all interesting yeah. questions about this whole thing too. Uh, but you would be talking about. I mean, you're talking about 2024 though, when that would be happening. You you so you're still a ways down the road. So the, and, the presumably the signature gathering would start late this summer. Uh, that's kind of when that times out, and then go through over, over the course until twenty twenty four. So, and, and there will be—I can't give you the exact number, but I think there's two or three uh, strong opponents of this that'll be term limited out in twenty four. So, oh, okay. Well, that that factors in too. It, and you know, one—I I don't know how this impacts it. Maybe it doesn't, but you you don't have to go far in Lincoln to see that there are products available that are legal right now. Uh, because of the the farm bill, actually, uh, that are not the exact same thing as marijuana, but have THC in them. Uh, you see all the signs for Delta 8, Delta 9, those sorts of things. That's what those things are. And so there is there is already an ability, and I assume it's happening fairly widely. I don't know exactly what the numbers are on how many people are using these things, but you have got the you've got the opportunity for people right now legally to get I mean to get some version of stoned already recreationally. And how much does that change the discussion about allowing what is a a variant? Those are a variant of for medical purposes when the other ones are available for recreational purposes. I would imagine the recreational or the medical ones would be stronger and, uh, you know, be more portioned, uh, depending on perhaps the, I have I, from, that, from one. I'm not very from talking with. to people. You can get yourself pretty. I mean, you can take plenty of the, the Delta eight Delta nine and get yourself plenty of screwed up, uh, in the same way, you know, the okay. psychoactive, type components of that in in uh the same now i don't know if it's the exact same feeling but i think it does enough for impairment and psychoactive that that you've got that available recreationally right now uh and i wonder if there are efforts to curb that too because those aren't those aren't legal everywhere either but they are in the the state of nebraska is there a push to to shut those things down but it's becoming a huge industry and and you don't again you don't have to look far on any street, any you know, strip mall, any any place in the city of Lincoln. I mean, there are. It would be fascinating to know just how many businesses have opened up that that sell those, uh, and usually they're sold in combination with um, like with vaping supplies and those sorts of things as well. So I don't know if that impacts it or not, but 
they are going to take another shot at this, and we will see what the the testimony is on all of these bills in the legislature today. I wonder if that will will come up. So, got that going on. What else do we have this morning, Mark? Oh, uh, that uh, situation yesterday morning that we talked about uh, in the last hour, or the the standoff up here in Northeast Lincoln, ended peacefully. Uh, an arrest of a, a felon that had, I think, uh, multiple uh, warrants for arrest. The Lancaster County Sheriff's Office, but anyway, that. That all ended peacefully. Um, what else? We had some gunfire uh, night before last up in the Air Park area. Uh, hit a house or hit, let me see. Anyway, uh, you know, those are the types of things, but quiet overnight. Yeah. Uh, weather getting chillier. Uh, talked to duty command this morning, and uh, they said, you know, about the only thing they had last night were medical calls. So okay. That in the legislature and, and, uh, that's about it. And I know we're going to get into this a little bit in Morning Drive today. Uh, I saw you had put that down as a possible item to discuss here. But a Nebraska uh, Examiner article indicating that uh, Charles Herbster may be back in the uh, political scene as a candidate sooner rather than later, which is yeah, yeah, interesting. No, no, nothing official, but... Uh could possibly challenge Pete Ricketts in the special. Oh, man. You guys thought you heard some oh, spots playing going man. into that gubernatorial primary. Holy cow. Now, now, remember, he could also challenge, if he chose, to challenge Deb Fisher. Right. Should. That, that Which we've talked about. Yeah. Like, which seat do you... Uh, we, we talked about it kind of in the context of text of Democrats, but if you're a, yeah, if you're a challenger, is there a reason? Now, um, because you will have, you'll have both of those... Um, going at at the same time, which is just going to be an I odd situation. I believe Aaron Sandiford indicated that Herbster was uh, not going to challenge Fisher, but okay. it's still. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like it seems like you go against the person that you really personally want to be. Yeah, the personal the thing makes it yeah. got to yeah. be Ricketts, except right? The, except going against uh, Ricketts is just a two year term. That's true. Fisher's is a yeah, six-year term. That is true. That's that's a good point. And With, there's there's probably not going to be as presumably Pete Ricketts would want to be using his money on his own campaign, so you might not see that backing Fisher as much. Yeah, well, let's see. Like, say you're either from, a, from a financial standpoint. I don't think either one got a problem with finance. No, no, no. no I don't think either one does. I know so. what you're saying, though, Caleb. Like, if you're a if you're a person who's running for that seat, whether you're a Democrat or a third party or a Republican challenger, like just on the face of it, not not about the length of the term or anything like that. If you've got one, you can go against. I think you're picking Fisher, right? Hey, what if could Pete Ricketts challenge? Fisher for her seat? Uh, if he didn't run for his own seat, I well, suppose. Well, like it's happening at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, would, but he, he would have to not seek re-election to his own seat. Yeah. Then. yeah. He I, would I, have to file for the six-year term and not file for the two-year term. That's my understanding. Hypothetically, yes, just, he could. I'm just he's saying. Not, he's not going to do that. But, no, they get along too well. But I think all the, all the, de- the, the, the best Democrats and, you know, the best Democrats is kind of like being the most fun town in Iowa in this state for Senate races is um, we'll go to the 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 Fisher race, I would assume, um, not only for what we talked about, but like you said, Mark, it's a it's a six year term. And so if you do pull the Hail Mary upset in that thing somehow, uh, you're going to be in, in control and have that seat oh, longer. Talk talk about a rough election season trying to get Democrats to put up two statewide. Yeah. Oh, candidates. my gosh. 
they they can't do one any any year at least one that the doesn't have some kind of fatal flaw or that the party decides they don't like or what, yeah, what surprises great, me, great luck with that there hasn't been many names floated yet and i would think that that would be well, coming who, out that's the problem is they don't have they'll have names but they're nobody you ever heard of i mean the, the same way that it happened last time around and there's a few there 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 are a few names out there predominantly you know you've got if you want names that have recognition in the state of Nebraska that are democrats you got a handful of state senators maybe you got Is the, the mayor of Lincoln you got That's who, the name that I've heard the most. Who else? Like I mean honestly we cover politics a lot. <laughs> name some other possibilities. I could see Carol Blood possibly running for oh, it. Boy, you know, you know, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, but it's. I mean, not, she had. It's some... not like you can come up with a list of people like, yeah, it might maybe that where you're like, yeah, maybe they they would have a chance to make it a little bit closer this time around. That list just doesn't exist. The party has not built a bench. Um, they haven't. They just they haven't at all. So. You know, I could, I could see some Lancaster County Democrats possibly vying. Uh, Adam Moorfeld could be. Possibly. He would be. He would probably be on that it, list. Yeah, yeah, he would be on that list. Uh, one of the, the state senators. You know that. Right, right. Uh, you know, a Daniel Conrad, maybe I suppose. Um, yep, Patty Pansing Brooks could uh, be. You know, again, yeah, yeah. She, we thought she was going to be a much better candidate for the House, but it still, you know, yep. kind of ended up the same way. Uh, and then in Nebraska basketball, no. it, not only did they not play particularly well for large portions of the game, but Michigan could not miss. That's not a good combination. Open, guarded, uh, medium distance, extremely long Steph Curry distance. It did not matter. I have, I have rarely seen a three-point shooting performance like they put on. It was a weirdest game, too. It was also like five games, five individual games, which Michigan won three out of five. Yes. And Nebraska, <laughs> and they won, and Nebraska won two out of five. <laughs> it was a bizarre game. Uh, and if you are an NBA fan, if you haven't looked at your push notifications yet, Caleb's got some big news for you. Oh, so there's some guys That moving. happened while you were sleeping. So there you go. That's what we got today. Uh, I'll take a break right now. Caleb's got sports right after this. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. That's right, we're about to get to that, but a half hour from right now-ish, you will uh, hear a cue to call to play Generation Collaboration at stake today. Tickets to your choice while they last to Nebraska-Wisconsin basketball, which is coming up this Saturday, 3 o'clock, or a little bit later in March. Maybe you want to go see the concert at Pinnacle Bank Arena featuring Journey and Toto. 
they'll be there uh, here visiting Lincoln, Nebraska. And so you'll get your choice. Uh, we only have one pair of basketball tickets, so when they're gone, they're gone. Uh, but if you keep playing, if we have multiple winners, you get a chance to uh, potentially go to that concert too, whatever's available for the tickets. And I, there is some controversy with this season's Generation Collaboration. Uh, as has Wait, been the case. What, what's yeah. the controversy? Well, it's about you. Oh, um, okay, good. The as the, there's been kind of a you know we've developed this contest and the 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 routines that go along with it, the protocol that goes along with it, and we've done it the same every season, which the, the millennials have won every season, uh, thanks to Caleb getting a win with one particular caller, or multiple of them for the most part. But there's always been a running tally of the records oh. uh, up on the whiteboard that I can. We have too to, many sports going on and I right can now. See. And there is no official running tally anywhere for me to look at. And I mean, I know. I mean, I, I know. I just remember that Gen X is doing better than anyone else at this point. But I'm afraid these the basically the last few weeks of this are being erased from history by you. No, I have them. They are on the show sheet. Oh, are they? I, I make sure to update them on the show sheet. I'm going to look at them then. Let's see here. The current standings uh, right now, Generation X in first place at two and three. Mm -hmm. uh, the Boomers have a victory at one and four. And Caleb and the Millennials are 0 oh and two. That's correct. Gen Z has not uh, played yet on this, although we kind of keep track of Gen Z score just by questions that they got right more than actual <laughs> victories. They've got one or two all time. So. <laughs> the, the statistics are not congrats good. to them for that but uh yeah so we, we will get that going uh gen x who knows we get on the winning record side of things this time we are on fire we're going to take that championship away from those dang millennials get over 500 you're in a good place looking uh very very excited about that so listen for that cue to call coming up at 710 then the other thing real quick before we get into the sound off i need to mention is caleb just shared with me that we have had a robust response to this week's request line friday mm -hmm. call for songs you can uh, request a song and we would like you to request a song this week in honor of valentine's day this is the last friday before valentine's day and so uh, if there is a song especially that you want to that makes you think about, reminds you of, or that you want to kind of send as a message, perhaps, mm -hmm. to your Valentine, this is a good opportunity to do that, uh, and also send a little dedication with it as well, and if you're too cheap to actually buy a gift, you can do this for free, <laughs> and so I, I encourage that as well, but I will tell you this, with the numbers Caleb gave me, we are probably already have, we're probably already looking for spots in the 8 o'clock hour. We probably have the 7 o'clock hour all f filled up with the request that we have already. Yeah, I, it would behoove you to get those in yeah. today. Yes. I don't want to squeeze in, like, important, uber-romantic uh, things for your significant other in, like, two seconds while I play a little bit of the song. But given how this thing gets busy at the end, uh, that may have to happen. So I would, uh, if you're wanting to be a part of that, I would say do it today. Do it today. Think of the song that you want to do. Think of uh, which of your romantic partners you want, partners you want to dedicate it to. And if, if there are if there are multiple, and then uh, and then let us know via the Rick Sign Recognition text line at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. There's right. some good ones on here. Good. I'm very excited for tomorrow. Very excited. All right. Uh, let's get into the sound off now, and we start with just an excruciating 
uh, story, but continues to be major rescue efforts going on in Turkey. But as you would expect, with time going on with this and the the you know the the needs of people who have been away for for food, water, and shelter for this long. Uh, that gets more and more grim as it goes forward. They have bulldozers, concrete cutters and search dogs, but for rescue workers in the rubble, one crucial tool is silence. Calling out then with specialist equipment, listening carefully for a response as cries for help get fainter. 110,000 personnel are part of the effort, but the task is monumental. A young girl and her father were rescued overnight in the city of Antanka, but with every hour that passes, survival chances decrease. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. I saw just a a gut-wrenching picture on a tweet right before I went to bed last night from AP, and it was a couple who was trapped now i'm not sure if they were unable to get them out or this was right before they got them out but it was it was a man and his wife was next to him but she was deceased but they were both i was kind of surprised they actually published it just like they did on the tweet but it Mm -hmm. was just gut-wrenching to 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 look at that and caleb just the amount i mean they're talking about a hundred thousand people involved in the effort yeah. the kind of ins i mean you need huge heavy equipment obviously to be able to do that you've got to locate the people that that are still there which they're using every method it sounds like that they've got available to them from special equipment to hear faint faint noises to dogs to all of those things I'm, i'd imagine there's probably some kind of you know looking for heat indices and i don't know if that's the right word but you know what i mean right like a a thermal thermal type camera situation but um yeah it's it's been boy how long what's it been 72 hours it's been a long time yeah well just yesterday while we were we had the tv on in here in the in the studio we kept seeing the that same image of a really small child in in the rubble and they, they were they were getting that kid out but but man, just seeing a lot of these images is very the the destruction that's there and the relief efforts, the the search and rescue, very much looks like nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I I hate to be grim about it, but person can survive about three days if they don't have access to water, and mm-hmm. and so if that's happening, that's probably a a big concern along with that as well. So. Uh, other, uh, other notable things in the news today, uh, some of the, uh, the people in the U S Senate who had been requesting more details, more information on the Chinese spy balloon is are going to get a classified briefing today, mm. find out more about what U S intelligence knows about exactly what was been going on, what has been going on and what they found when they collected the debris from the Chinese balloon. These will be classified briefings today on Capitol Hill. Top Republican senators on the Armed Services Committee demanding answers from the Pentagon and the Director of National Intelligence to fill in the blanks on this timeline. Senators Wicker, Rubio want to know when was the spy craft first picked up on radar. And since the Chinese spy machine's week-long odyssey across the United States, other countries are reporting recent sightings around the world, notably in India, the Philippines, Japan, Taiwan, and the U.S. territory of Guam as well. In addition to the one that crashed off Hawaii months ago, as Fox first reported last weekend. There have been other recent sightings here in the U.S. The Washington Post reports this is all part of a vast Chinese espionage arsenal. How, uh, ma- how many balloons? Yeah. About the, all over. I mean, are these going to be shot down in other countries? It is, it, Not yeah, Colombia. It'd, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, that, that was the one yesterday that mm-hmm. said, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the, also this is uh this is interesting too. Uh, the the Journal Star had an article today. Uh, actually, it was from the Omaha World Herald, but uh, that that showed a a map based on the information that they have gotten for public sightings, what they believe the path of the balloon was, and obviously you're going from it's some level of as the crow flies from Montana to the South Carolina coastline, Mm -hmm. draw a line straight there, and you do go straight through Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And they had additional sightings in um in some other areas in in Missouri and Tennessee and and those. And so they've kind of recreated what they think that line could have been and then where it was kind of less likely to go outside of there. And yeah, it looks like there's a good chance it might have went right over us in the state, maybe in Lincoln. Maybe it was closer to the Nebraska-Kansas border uh, and south of us here when you take a look at that. But it was fascinating, and there's a there's a good chance. But there weren't any public sightings that were reported uh, in in the state of Nebraska. So I don't know if people were out looking up there in the sky on sun, on Friday and Saturday. But I think maybe we just it. weren't looking. Maybe I don't know. Uh, all right, we had a lot of people outside. It was a nice day uh, on those days. All right, other things uh, going on in the news. Uh, Let's get to this. So tax season here, obviously, people continuing uh, and getting ready to to do their taxes, getting those documents together, uh, either getting it to the person who does it or doing it themselves with software. But the IRS is telling some people uh, to hold your horses. Hold your horses. We might not just be ready for you to actually turn in your taxes at this point. (laughs) The Internal Revenue Service is telling millions to hold off on filing returns while it tries to straighten out questions about some state refund and rebate payments made last year in several states, such as California, which issued more than $9 billion in middle-class tax refund payments to help with soaring inflation. Those came to as much as $1,050 per household. California isn't taxing the refunds, but said they may be considered federal income. The IRS calling rules surrounding the state payments complex and that it's planning to offer guidance to as many states as possible as soon as this week. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Yeah, so I I didn't realize that there were states that did this. Uh, California, Colorado, Illinois, South Dakota, they authorized these, uh, South Carolina, I should say, authorized these tax rebates um, and kind of like a situation right now where they they had had strong coffers because of economic growth, because mm-hmm. of pandemic aid, because of those sorts of things. And so a bunch of people in those states got, like California, uh, they had this middle-class tax refund. They sent out checks of $350 per eligible taxpayer last year. That was designed to kind of be inflation relief at the time. But this is the group now. And so nothing like that in nebraska so you're not going to be involved in this but this is the group where they're saying the irs is saying hey why don't you why don't you wait on this whole thing to do this so um because that and and some people might be saying well hey you know can't we just do it and turn on a wait but irs is actually waiting for clarification on the payments to determine how they're handled for tax purposes mm-hmm. and so they're saying wait till we tell you exactly how to handle these payments to figure them out for your taxes. But I mean, are these one time $350 payments? I mean, geez. Who cares? How much is that going to, for, for an individual person or a family? 
I mean, even if a family, it was three fifty in California per eligible taxpayer. I don't know what the number was in in some of those other right. states that I mentioned, but yeah, I mean, just oh, come on, come on, just exempt the whole thing. I know that's not necessarily how it works, but that feels like that's the way that it should have been done. Well, and I know not not everybody runs the runs that line of trying to over the course of the year have it get as close to not paying in or maybe you just get a little back or you mm-hmm. just have to pay a little bit but as close as you can get to that line not everybody does that there are some people that go oh man it's i for i'm okay with it and i let the government have a interest free loan of my money for this year and now i'm going to get it back yeah and now they're like some of them really depend on that at the end of the uh, yeah. when, when it gets or, around or to get season. it. They do it quickly because they need you know, they want it in February. They want it sooner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's this other thing in the IRS: uh, some concern about people who work in the food service industry about how the IRS may be cracking down further on tip reporting and making sure that it's done accurately. The IRS proposing a new rule which it says is to improve tip reporting compliance. Americans for Tax Reform charges new IRS agents you were promised would only target the rich. They're coming after waiters' tips now. But as an IRS official explains to Fox Digital, this is not a proposal for the auditing of servers. It's a proposal for comment to welcome further conversation from all interested parties. IRS wants annual reports from employers on annual tip revenue, including tips that are charged. This comes after an inspector general report found an estimated 30% of employers with tip reporting agreements hadn't reported tips worth almost $1.7 billion. Therese Crowley, Fox News. This system sucks. I mean, this is... this is no uh, the, the, this is not influenced by an ideology that is pro or anti taxes or that taxes are too too low or too high or or anything like that. But we do this this whole this whole tax preparation, the federal income tax situation. It is so stupidly complex. It is wildly inefficient. It's just insanely inefficient, and part of the reason when they talk about the IRS needing to hire a whole bunch of new people, this is why. Like, you would never design the system that the United States uses for income taxes, for reporting, for figuring out what is due, for verifying, for auditing, for all of that. Like, if you were setting up a new country and designing a tax system, you would never design what we've got right now. You know, you, you you wouldn't. It's just it's every every year I get further and further into these and the complexity of the laws, the complexity of the filings. Mark just walks in. <laughs> just walks in and yells fair, fair tax. tax. I mean, now I don't know. Yeah, there's probably some some discussion get out policy wise on that, but at least it would have more simplification in the entire process. All right, other things. Got a couple of animals. Oh, I only. I'm. Jeez, I don't have enough time to do both of them. Uh, all right. Uh, what do you want, Caleb? Do you want the dog from Kansas that was found a thousand miles away from home, or do you want yet another incident of animals being stolen from Texas zoos? Uh, ooh, what the zoo one? Okay, what? Get the very latest. Like I want Homeward Bound, but the zoo. Yeah. Investigators were called to the Houston Zoo this week after someone cut a four-inch gap into the mesh around the brown pelican enclosure. The good news? None of the birds escaped. The bad news? It's just the latest bizarre incident involving animals in Texas. In Dallas, a suspect was jailed after the theft of two monkeys last month. Both the primates were later found unharmed in an abandoned suburban home. A clouded leopard 
also temporarily escaped in the Dallas Zoo after its enclosure was cut open. The big cat was found a day later. Tom Graham, Fox News. Like I feel like there's a, a story about an animal escaping or being taken from a Texas zoo every week in early 2023. Okay. So, once again. All right, we Is, will... Isn't uh, that basically the plot of, like, Escape to Madagascar? Uh, I don't know if I... They, they, they get out of the zoo uh, and, yeah... Uh, all right, we'll uh, grab a break right now. We've got Capital Humane Society coming up next. Speaking of animals, and uh, 15 minutes, Ticket Thursday, Generation Collaboration, concert tickets for Journey of Toto, or basketball tickets for Nebraska and Wisconsin, your chance to win either of those. Coming up in 15 minutes, listen for your cue to call. You are listining to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. <laughs> It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, 35 degrees in the capital city. It's time to check in with Matt Metchar from Capital Humane Society. Uh, find out a little bit about the pets that may be available to you if you've been thinking about adopting. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. I was so. I am, uh, I'm good. I'm excited to hear about the pets that you've got at the Capital Humane Society. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the first one is Jules, and she's approximately two years old. She's a lab mix, spade female. She's primarily tan, got a little bit of black on her muzzle and on her face, but she weighs about 60 pounds, so she's full-grown, came in as a lost dog, and unfortunately nobody came looking for her. But very friendly dog, very easygoing. Uh, she kind of does this thing where she wiggles uh, her whole body with excitement when it's time to go play or go for a walk, so she's a very cute dog. Uh, appears to really love playing with other dogs, too, so probably would do well in a home with other dogs. All right. And then we got King, and King is approximately five years old. He's a domestic short-haired neutered male, solid gray, weighs about 10 pounds. He was surrendered to us. Uh, previous family just couldn't take care of him anymore, so uh, they brought him to us along with another cat, so he has lived with other cats, so probably would do well in a home with other cats with proper introductions, but uh, he's he's available for adoption right now, too. All right, and for people who haven't um, done this before but are, are considering it, thinking about it, what should they know about the process? Yeah, so you can go to our website, capitalhumanestudy.org, uh, get more information on the pets that are available, or you can just come out to the Adoption Center. Adoption Center is open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5, so you can come on out anytime the building's open, take a walk through, and uh, staff will get you set up in a room to meet any pets that you're interested in. All right. Sounds nice. Hey, thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. Let's get those pets adopted. We will talk to you next week. All right. Have a good one. There you go. Matt Macharo from the Capital Humane Society. All right. Coming up, Ticket Thursday, Generation Collaboration, Generation X. Looks like they're marching to a championship. Will it continue? We'll find out next on KLIN. Traffic call line 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, we've got an interesting development in generation collaboration. The three-time champion millennials are struggling right now, and it's great. Uh, Gen X in first place at two. Wait, and three. is this season four? I thought this was season three. Is it? Is it? I was thinking it was four. Uh, we need to. We need. I don't to, we need to clarify that. Uh, I thought I'd only won twice. Okay, well, even better then. Uh, but uh, Generation X is two <laughs> I'm and three. Trying to be honest here, this jerk. That's great. Worse than I thought. Generation X is two and three. Boomers are one and four. Millennials have not won yet. Zero oh and two. The two-time defending champs. 
Uh, they're going to try and rectify that today with your calls, your competition. Uh, first winner is going to get a choice between we have one pair of Nebraska basketball tickets for Saturday, or you can take the concert tickets, Journey and Toto. Coming I don't to think we're in Kansas anymore. Pinnacle You're right. Bank I do think I won arena. three times because I had two stars underneath there. Yeah, this yeah, is season four. All right. That's fine. Congrats on that. It's all over now, though. <laughs> uh, Jim plays first You're today. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank good. you. Good. What generation are you? Uh, let's see. I was born in 62, so that would bank me. That would make you a boomer. That would make a you a, a young boomer, though. So that's but, good. Uh, well, you can you can pick whatever generation. Yeah, if you, you what it's whatever you identify as. <laughs> you gonna you want to go with boomer? Yes. All right, he's gonna All go right. with boomer. The baby is the boomer. Jeez, Mark, were you trying to lose lose your <laughs> scared to play there? Come on, you get win number two here. You can get in the race. Let's see it. All right, here we go, Jim and Mark. The Flintstones is based on what earlier TV series? The Honeymooners. That's Boom. right. Ooh, wow. Jim's here to gate. play. Jim nice. is here to play. Let's go. The song Death of a Clown was released by this Kinks member. Death of a Clown? That's correct. Oh, a Kinks member. Well, that's the Jeez. song, yes. God. That's kind of a hard one. A Kinks member. I'm trying to think of who all was in the Kinks. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Jim? So am I. Uh, and any guesses shot um, in the dark? No. Dave Davies. Who? That was a hard one. That was a hard one. Although if I was from the air, I probably would have known it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you he was a jerk this morning. Wow. I mean it was hard for me, but I wasn't around. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the phone. So uh, notch another loss there for uh, the Boomers. Uh, next is Steve joining us. Good morning. We have fun. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing today? Good morning. All right, what generation? Old Boomer. Boomer. All right, here we go. Boomers get another shot, trying to get a dub. Go ahead, Caleb. The I'm going to need help with that one. Oh, God, you need help reading a word? Is that Orlans or Orlones? Orlons. Orlons? Okay. All right. Well, who knows? If you're talking about the group. Yeah. yeah, the vocal group from Philadelphia popularized this dance in the early 60s. Oh, so many music. That was the name of the group, though? Yeah. Yeah, that was the group. Mark actually knows the group. And we're looking for the dance that they popularized in the 60s. Just name one of the dances. Name one of the dances you did, Mark. <laughs> well, there was the mashed potato, and there was the... That was the one I was actually thinking of. Watusi. Watusi is correct. Oh, all right. Ooh. All right. He, <laughs> he became the 37th president in 1969. Oh, here you go, Mark. 1969. Well, he would have got sworn in. Yeah. In 69. That would... It would have to be uh, Nixon. Yeah. Nixon is yeah. correct. Good Steve, job. Steve McQueen portrays a bounty hunter named Josh Randall in what TV series? Um, was, was it called the Bounty Hunter? I'm think. yeah, I think you're right. You are going with Bounty Hunter? Yeah. 
Might, might as well. Oh, I'm sorry, not Bounty. Wanted, dead, or alive? Wanted, dead, or alive, alive, walk these streets. Sorry, that's the Bon Jovi song. That's bringing it to Gen X. My bad. Uh, all right. So now at one and five, have you updated this? One in. Uh, I updated it initially. So, so one and six one now. Six. Yikes. All right. I think I get a chance to go now. If I recall correctly, good morning, Brett. Good morning, Jack. All right, you're going coming with me, right? Yes. Yeah, let's go, Gen X. All right, here we go, Time, Gen X. Time magazine named what inanimate object machine of the year in 1982? A machine what? in '82 was it the? Would it have been the the a computer? Would it have been a computer in '82? Inanimate, inanimate object. object. In yeah, I suppose so. That's, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the computer. Yep. All right. Oh, this! Uh, I don't think you got this one at all. all. Right. On an '80s TV series, a plucky orphan named Penelope Brewster is better known as what? Uh, punky Brewster. Better known as punky. punky. Yeah, yep. punky. All right. Brooke Shields and Christopher Atkins star in this 1980 romantic drama. Oh no! I even I, know this one. See, uh, man, this goes back too far for me. Brooke so, Shields. What are the actors again? Christopher Atkins and who? Brooke, Brooke Shields. Shields. Rick Shields. Uh, this is all you, Brad. I, I I'm going to guess. I'm not going to get this. I'm going to guess uh, Blue Lagoon. Oh, yeah. Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon. Correct. Which actor stars in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh. What's his name? Oh, no. Which actor or which yeah, actress? The actor. actor. Oh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, yes. And uh, she was one half of the pop duo, The Eurythmics. Ah, Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox. Yeah. There's five of the them. Mu- I got the music ones, not the movie ones so much. All right, uh, Brett, should we take Millennials to finish this off? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Millennials are easy. Because you guys are scared. That's that's all it is. Of the boomer ones? Yeah, I am after hearing some of those. <laughs> all right, the what to see? What loud plastic horn became a source of controversy because of its noise pollution during the 2010 World Cup? Oh. The Vuvuzela. <laughs> There you go, Brett. Uh, are you taking uh, basketball tickets on Saturday or concert tickets in? I don't remember the day of the concert. March I'm something. I'm taking the concert tickets. You're March twenty fifth, I think. Okay, yeah. you 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 know the prize better than I do. Then, all right. Well, you got them. Hang tight and notch another one for Gen X. Good job, Brett. Thank you. Thank you. All right, three and three, five hundred, five hundred now for Gen X. This is incredible what's going on right now. All right, Jerry's going to take a shot at this. Good morning, Jerry. How are you doing? That's Gary. Gary, sorry. Good. Uh, What generation are you playing with? Gen X. Gen X. All right. Mark, ready to go again. This 1984 movie set in a town where dancing is banned. Know it, Gary? I have no idea. Footloose. Uh, number two, the seven, uh, this 70s teen idol was related to the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say, Gary? I didn't hear that. I, I, think, I think you know this one. Yeah, I do. It's Andy, right? A- a- I think so. Andy, Andy, Gid. Andy, Andy, Andy. Yes, right. total redemption. Rede- I knew it. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> what former host of America's Got Talent was a successful supermodel in the eighties, and nineties? 
I'm sorry. Uh, that's uh, that's probably Heidi Klum, I believe. She's on there. Does that sound right yeah, to you, Gary? Yeah, I'll have to go with you on that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Heidi Klum? I'll go with that. Nope. Oh, it's not Heidi Klum? Wait, I swear she was. Who no, was, she was this, uh, what former host? Yeah, she was. Tyra Banks. Didn't Heidi Klum do it, too? No, oh, she, I'm she sorry, was always Gary, a judge. I screwed that up. Oh, the host. The judges are kind of. Oh, God, I screwed that up. They got too Uh-oh. many. They got too many models from the '90s on that show. <laughs> How do I even know? Love it, man. That was kind of a technicality. <laughs> I thought it was, was wrong. It was a little Don't bit a of a jerk. technicality there. What? Heidi Klum is on that show, right? She's a judge. Okay, being on. There's a difference. Judges Listen are kind to the of question. Host. Well, they're not basically hosts. By the way, you are zero percent all time at getting through the uh, the Andy Gibb card. <laughs> I can't believe I, I thought that was destiny. Once I got the Andy Gibb question, oh, that stinks. Oh, and Caleb is looks like Caleb's going to get a chance. Hi, James. How are you? I'm doing all right, all Jack. Right. How are you? Uh, I'm good, actually. I'm 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 almost at five hundred right now. You guys are at zero and two. So, I mean. We haven't missed four. Let's see if you can do it. I mean, this is a lot of pressure. I am. I'm going to start to take a commanding lead here if yeah. uh, if you guys don't do this. All right. I Gen- just want to get one. Gen Y. All right. What fad consisted of lying in a face down position <laughs> in an unusual location? Uh, was it planking? It was planking. Yeah. All right. Before finding success as a solo artist, Lauren Hill was a member of what group? Uh, I think that was the Fugees. Yes. This all that actress went on to star in What a Girl Wants and She's the Man. Do you know what, James? I do not. That was uh, Amanda uh, Burns? Bynes? Bynes. What, what? Was it Amanda Bynes? Is that a question to me or an answer? Yeah, no, to you're you. required to give an answer, not another question. No, I thought this was Jeopardy. I think it's Amanda Bynes. All right, Amanda Bynes. Okay, yes. Which actor plays Batman in 1995's Batman Forever? Uh, was that the Val Kilmer one? That was the Val Kilmer one. Yes. Okay, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. All right. And who is Tamara Maori's twin sister? Tamara Maori's. By the way, it's oh, Tia geez, is the twin sister. Brother. I thought we had you on that one. No, they had a they had a show on on the is television. That sister, 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 sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I wouldn't have known. All right. Which? Uh, what do you want? X or Boomers? Oh, we got to go X. All right. I think we could have taken the boomer. Next, but. top of the card. Uh, Doug Flutie's Hail Mary pass to Gerard <laughs> Phelan gave the college, what college, a 47-45 victory over the University of Miami? Uh, was Flutie at Notre or Boston College? Boston College, that's the one. Boston College is correct. Yeah, on the board, baby. This is not going out as planned for today. All right, uh, let's see, James. You want uh, basketball tickets or concert tickets? No, there's just basketball. Oh, tickets never mind. You get basketball tickets. Sorry that I gave you a choice. All right, that's it. Then we're out of prizes, aren't we? Yes, we are. All right, hang tight, James. We'll get your info. Well, shoot, we had time to play a couple more games here. Maybe anybody still want to play for pride? If you still want to play for pride, well, that Paul's on the line. Does that? Oh, that Paul. Maybe he. That Paul will play for pride. I'm sure. All right. 
That, Paul, uh, you want to just play for pride for the boomers? They need it. I am so proudful. Now, the question is, who do I identify as? That would be a flapper. <laughs> you only have four. Really Listen, boomer. you can't keep making up. There's only four choices here. You're, you're one of four. <laughs> and that... I identify who I identify with. <laughs> you got to pick one. All right, Mark and that, Paul. Muhammad Ali and George Foreman fought in fought in this bout in Zaire. The Rumble in the Jungle. What is the name of the POW camp in Hogan's Heroes? Dialogue 13. What television series is based on author Laura Ingalls Wilder's life? Oh, jeez. Little House, House on, on the, the prairie. prairie. This actor presented Mr. Spock's music from outer space. Leonard Nimoy. Yes. The Boston Red Sox were defeated by this team in the 1975 World Series. Ooh. Ooh, I think I know. One this. more time, the Boston Red Sox lost to who? Well, that's the, that's question. the question. 1975. Yeah, the 1975 World Series. I think I know. Any help there, Mark? <laughs> 75. Yeah, the Reds yeah the it's Red got, got to be. Yeah. That is the, the Reds. Reds. Yep. Wow. Just clear. Just mowing it down. Bring it on. <laughs> oh, they still got to get one more, yeah. though. Millennials or Gen X? Let's see. We're always complaining about those millennials being so easy, but I'm going to go with Gen X. Let's put a certain house on the line. <laughs> oh, geez. The United yeah, States better... invaded what Caribbean nation in 1983? Oh, oh, what is that thing? It's it's like that hand thing, the hand grenade. Gr- Grenada! <laughs> Long song, geez. I'm sorry, it was still playing. Uh, there it is. Wow, that Paul comes in and cleans up. For pride, baby. And for pride, for no prize. Which means you can call in and, and maybe get another one next week if he wants to. Well, congratulations. That, that goes Paul. as a win for the boomers, by Yes, the way. it does. That absolutely gives it goes to a win as a boomer. Good job, that Paul. You did it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. There you go. We did it very well, actually. Sorry, I don't know. All right, your standings, uh, are these updated here? These are updated. Still in first place, Gen X at 3 and 4, the Boomers at 2 and 6, and the Millennials at 1 and 2. So if we're going by total wins, yes. Is that how we keep the standings? Total wins or winning percentage? Well, this would be an order for winning percentage anyway. Oh, it would be tied. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Boomers and Millennials would be tied at percentage. Whatever. I'm in first. All right. Take a break. Drama is heating up in generation collaboration going for No, they wouldn't be. Or wait, no, millennials would be. I was going to say something was wrong there. Yeah, millennials have a 50% winning percentage. Boomers have a one third. They're two and six. Math is hard for millennials. Sometimes. 726. We'll take a break on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to the end. All right, let's get things started today with. Number five. Hundreds of people showed up at the Capitol yesterday, and while supporters and opponents testified for about seven hours on State Senator Kathleen Kaus' proposal to ban gender gender altering care for minors in the state of Nebraska, uh, the big crowd there. It's LB uh, five seventy four. Mm-hmm. It's called Let Them Grow Act. Yeah. 
Uh, the bill, by the way, it, it, for for just for clarity, would prohibit puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, gender reassignment procedures until a person turns 19. Makes it illegal for doctors to perform those procedures or prescribe hormones or puberty blocks to anyone under 19. Uh, the punishment on this uh, would be from the state licensing board, and the parent or patient would also have a, a civil remedy. Uh, would be able to sue the doctor in civil court if they regretted the procedure. So it would actually, um, so it would actually bring about a civil remedy for this that wouldn't necessarily be there without the law creating it. So um, there's what you've got. Had had a lot of, as you said, Mark. I mean, if you saw some of the pictures uh, from the the Capitol yesterday, it was a massive turnout. I know not even that everybody that wanted to talk got a chance to talk on this thing um you had passionate pleas obviously on on both sides from people who just had an opinion you had a um you had a a person who testified uh who actually got what's called gender affirming care regretted it was was upset that she ended up getting it so she testified against uh, or for the bill uh, but you also had uh you had several people from parents to people in the clergy uh, to people in the medical field who testified for it as well and so this is going to be uh, uh, this is going to be an intense one here when it gets to the floor of the legislature will be interesting to see I don't know I don't know what to get a feel on on what the legislature is going to do with it this is one you know when we were talking talking Mark a little bit about um, abortion and I I said somewhat uh, somewhat with a level of my 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 general skepticism about about politics or cynicism, I should say about politics, uh, where I said, look, I I don't think anybody going into this abortion hearing is going to have their mind changed by any of the testimony today. That's such a, a deeply rooted one. This one I might feel a little bit different about because I think there are just I think there are probably people, and I would include myself in in this group as well, where I would just say. I'm not totally familiar with a whole lot of these things. Not only people who are have thought about are seeking the procedure, why they are, what the procedures include exactly, what the potential ramifications are, uh, what you know when these decisions are made by a minor through their parents. How do they compare to other decisions that we allow minors to make? Like this would be a hearing where I would have I would go in seeking a whole lot of information. Um, maybe unlike some of the things where we have deeply ingrained positions in in politics. So this is this is a tough issue, and it's not being uh, debated just in Nebraska. No, I think there's like it's everywhere. Th- Thirty it some like. states, uh, a lot of neighboring states. Utah, the governor just signed this bill into uh, uh, law. There, basically the same uh, situation. Oklahoma had a had a huge uh, uh, rally right against it uh, earlier in the week. Uh, been some take over the capital down there so a a lot of different uh, versions of it but uh, it's going to be raucous throughout the until it uh, you know gets a final up or down vote yeah i mean i would say something about this that i probably don't you don't probably don't hear much about in the world of politics is i don't know enough about this to really i don't understand or know enough about this to really have a a strong passionate position on it yet i have a ton of questions i have a lack of real life experience in it and 
these sorts of conversations that happened yesterday. Hopefully they'll be helpful for the senators who had to make this decision um, uh, or will have to make this decision about whether or not this goes to the floor and eventually becomes law. Uh, And by the way, I know we don't have this on there, but it's not going to be a shortage of controversial issues because today it is a suite of marijuana bills that is going in front of of committee from medical marijuana to decriminalization of marijuana to legalization of marijuana for recreational purposes. Uh, A few different bills that are going to get their hearing today. So you can expect, once again, a very big, very passionate crowd, I would think, at the Nebraska Capitol. No doubt about it. All right, moving on. Oops. Number four. Next one. Multi-state agribusiness and Charles Herbster is back in the news. He might want another go at politics after he lost the gubernatorial race in 2022. Uh, in a statement, he confirmed that he's considering a Senate bid against Senator Pete Ricketts. Oh gosh. Holy. Aaron Sandiford, Nebraska Examiner, has got a oh. big, detailed report. A um, lot, of, lot of ifs in this one, if he wants to run. Uh, indications that he'd run against Ricketts, but he could run against... Deb Fisher might wait and run against Pillen in I four mean, years. Uh, I mean, the fuel in that race, the, the the incendiary possibilities of that race where you got two people who pretty clearly don't like each other a whole lot, who both have essentially more money than God <laughs> to spend on this thing, that that have gone through their own battle before where every side feels like there was dirty play to do this again for a senate seat and kind of be on the national stage then a little bit too well the governor's race was kind of a national stage it was but then but not like this would be yeah yeah, not not like this would be it would be it would be something i mean i didn't mark after that (laughs) after that primary last year i thought i don't know if we'll ever see a race like that again this it, might eclipse it in it terms of just bigness and wildness and and frankly so this would be in 2024 this would be for the two-year term right so i have that timing right. right yes this would be for a two-year term before you would have another election in 2026 for the six-year term to get nebraska back on track with the alternating years there will be another senate election that same year for deb fisher's seat but Herbster saying he'd run against Ricketts, not Fisher. Not surprising there. Um, but that that's so we're talking we're we're talking 2024. I mean, if he goes through with this, Mark, if he would decide to do this, it wouldn't be long from right now that oh. we would start to we'd, we'd start, start to, to sense the campaigning. Yes. And you remember how this went when he ran for governor? He started to hear a whole bunch of not necessarily campaign ads, but ads for for the business for his business, right? But his name has now been out statewide, and and he does have that uh, already, you know, kind of uh, in the bank, so to speak. That's, that's true. That's true. The name recognition is probably at a different place than it was prior to that gubernatorial race. You know, but what's whatever. Most- it's still. I mean, this still would fire up the second half of this year. Oh, it, I mean, most, uh, and, it would be, and think of the money that would come in from a uh, national level to support <laughs> Pete Ricketts the way he was, you know, um, more or less groomed for the job by um, Mitch McConnell. Man, I don't know. That would be something. The most interesting part of this is that we have the potential of looking at a 2024 Senate seat and folks on opposite sides 
still reaching all the way back to Slama Palm Tag. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Do you know how much money these guys would spend on that? I mean, Gops. it would be insane. Because the desire would be ratcheted up to a new level. Especially when it's personal. Yeah. And it's very personal. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is something worth watching, Mark. Really interesting report Report there. I didn't know. I thought maybe Herbster was kind of be content to uh, sit on the sidelines of the races, uh, wield his influence in various places. That might be beneficial to him. But... That may not be the case. Well, and you've also had the shakeup in the state party. Yeah, that's true, too, which maybe benefits Herbster. Yes. It's time to do the next one. <laughs> Number three. 9372, Huskers dropped it in Michigan. Oh, that was... And I was I was hoping last night was going to be as to something crazy was going to happen and... And Nebraska was going to get a road win that propelled things to a new level of hope, but especially when KSA hits that first three. Yeah, like, at the hey, beginning. At the beginning, but the combination of of you know they looked really good scoring at some points, and then other times they just they were t- turning it over again way too much, not hitting free throws, and then combine that with Michigan shooting three pointers at an unsustainably ridiculous pace, thirty to five. That was the run in the first. The half. amount of three pointers were that Michigan and, and some of them, yeah, they were open. There might have been defensive lapses. Some of them they weren't. Uh, some of them were right on three point line. Some of them were a long ways away. Wherever it was, however it was shot, <laughs> it was basically made. Yeah. by Michigan. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what the exact percentage was at the end of the night. I had the. Uh, I had the number. It was ridiculous. Uh, oh, here it is. Fourteen for twenty six. Fourteen for twenty six from three. Yeah, that's good. If Nebraska ever shoots 14 for 26 from three, they're going to win the game. Um, So they move on. Uh, Big game, but I think a big game on Saturday, Wisconsin. uh, Nebraska had Wisconsin's number last year on senior day. Just a massive upset last year on senior day that Hoiberg and a shorthanded team uh, had against Wisconsin last year. So that's maybe still fresh in the mind of some of those Wisconsin players, and I'm sure their fan base as well. A little bit of a rivalry. You get the Chucky Hepburn factor in there. You finally get a Saturday game at Pinnacle Bank Arena. I think for Nebraska, so few of Nebraska fans think back to just because now it's it's every year. You feel oh Wisconsin at home on a weekend. It's not no sit Sunday, but you start to feel oh weekend home games in February as the season draws to a close. They feel bigger. Yeah. What you're just hoping to get some stuff, would, get some momentum a little bit. It would here. feel good to win this game, get a second straight home win. Yeah, and and hey, the one one positive I will say is they finally starting to figure out how to use Casey Tominaga. He's been <laughs> yeah, he was been he's been underutilized criminally, frankly, for mm-hmm. a bunch of the year. Um, and 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 maybe maybe I'm a little harsh in saying that, but it seems like they didn't ever find him enough shots. Time and time no. again, they just—I I right. don't—he was never available. You got a guy who's a potential huge score, twenty, thirty point scorer now regularly, mm-hmm. but he wasn't getting an opportunity. He wasn't getting the ball in situations where he had a chance to score, nor they, were they setting it up. They're starting to do that more. He's starting to be more assertive in the way that he drives. Mm-hmm. He had some ridiculous shots last night. Yeah, that dude. I mean, 
whatever we've got the rest of the year, that guy is an absolute blast to watch play basketball. And now you have to watch it. I know it's it's not wise to do the what if game, but if you can combine them actually hunting out getting Case shots with the defense that you had with Gary and Bandamel. Yeah. And instead of Case coming off the bench and then well now he's just gonna try to hunt for a shot and it's probably gonna take a bad shot here or there. He's gonna miss a couple and then he's only gonna end up with four shots on the night. Maybe he made one. That yeah. that's what they were doing up until now it's well, you have to start and you're a focal point of the offense. Yep. Yep, hundred percent. So, well, hopefully, still some some fun days, fun nights left for Nebraska basketball. Even though last night was not one of them, we will move on to the next number on the morning drive. Number two, some consumers are taking steps to secure their own future supply of eggs. Demand for chicks that'll grow into egg layers. It actually jumped at the onset of the pandemic in twenty twenty, but it's. Ramping up again, uh, hatcheries working to keep up. Uh, many attribute uh, the demand for uh, chicks, uh, the fact that inflation. Well, I'm sure it has to do with that. Eggs sixty percent more in December than they were although, the year prior. Although they are going down a little bit now, they are. But supplies coming back. Didn't we have a story not too long ago about this company being like renting out hens? Yeah, I do kind of remember something like that. Yeah. So uh, you can do this in Lincoln. I know people in Lincoln who do it. You've got to have a, you've got to have a permit even for for uh, uh, for hens, and uh, they've, you've got to have like a proper exercise and shelter area. It's got to be correctly sized for them as well. So I don't know. Would it be worth considering it? I mean, that's the thing is the pe- that I don't think. Mark, I don't think that the chicks are that expensive. I think you can get them for a few bucks, can't you? Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't priced them, but yeah, they're usually pretty Not, not a lot. The pen is going to be the expensive thing, right? Well, and, and uh, taking care of them. Get how many food, eggs? Food, water, you got to have grit. But once they get to their prime egg-laying age, how many eggs are they producing a week yeah. or a day? They or should whatever? be able to produce one a day on average. One a day. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I need any more animals. <laughs> I don't think I need eggs that bad. Well, knowing the mixture uh, of, of uh, chickens and dogs, uh, you can end up with yeah. That's no also chickens. true. That would also that would be a big temptation for Reggie. Oh, man, I don't even want to think about that. All right, let's go to the next one on our list. Number two. Oh, we had two number twos. Uh, yeah, and there's actually three Jeez. number ones. Just do the next one, and we'll call Warner, that Warner Brothers Discovery. Number one. Warner Brothers uh, will keep <laughs> running Discovery Plus as a standalone. Earlier, they'd said they were going to merge, but now they'll uh, offer two streaming options, Discovery Plus and an enhanced app that'll combine content from HBO Max and Discovery So they were going to make Discovery Plus only available if you subscribe to HBO Max? We did talk about this yeah. when they said it, and we I think we said this then. That doesn't even make sense, does it? Those are two very different types of things that bundling together just I mean I I get why you do it if you're discover, if you're the the higher entity is you want people to pay more to get HBO Plus if they want Discovery but I bet I bet that just didn't go over well. Well, then so. the premium ad-free plan is now 16 bucks a month. Holy cow. All right, that's for HBO Max. Yep. And it will cost more to bundle Discovery Plus in there as well. So, Oof. changes 
Ch- Discovery Plus now starts at $5 a month. And that's documentaries, reality stuff, uh, Food Network, the entire back catalog of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, I believe. Okay. Which might be worth the price of admission alone. <laughs> All right, at 7.55, we'll take a break. That's it for your morning drive, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. When you save traffic. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Busy morning already. Every generation got a win on Generation Collaboration. Just finished up the five things we're talking about today. I'm moving on very successfully from moving on. Oh, yeah? I thought that went very smooth. So just picking up some new variety filled with... Who says I'm not responsive to listener criticism? Right? Uh, Laura on the Rick Sign Recognition text line says, bring back moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, the Grow Lincoln team, Robin and Dave. Will join us talk about new restaurants, retail businesses, moving, changing, opening, and beyond. And uh, Greg Sharp, voice of the Gret, will join us as well. 8 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. From the Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome into the final hour of the show. Glad to have you back with us. we got Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red, host of Sports Nightly, coming up in about 25 minutes to talk about all manner of Husker sports going on right now, including eight days away from the Nebraska baseball season here on KLIN. So that is exciting. Also be impacting the schedule of our next guests, Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, the Grow Lincoln team. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing today? Glad to uh, glad to have you with us. And uh, how's the? Uh, how are we? It's thirty five out there right now, so it's probably not clear that we're not having the uh, wonderful fifty degree weather here for another day. We're only going up about four more degrees today, and it's going to be windy, as we just heard on weather. So it was that's a bummer. But nice yesterday, but, we were grateful for that. But as I keep, I'm not complaining about what we've had. No, it's have been right now. it's been great, and yeah, this isn't bad. Uh, might get up to forty today, but. I see uh, 50s in the uh, the forecast Saturday, maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, 45, and then next weekend again, more high 40s as well. And so we're, I mean, by that time, it's February 18. I You've mean, got, my goodness. I'm looking at your screen. you got everything from 57 degrees as a high to 29 degrees yeah, as a high. Yeah, next Thursday will cool off, but still, this time of year, holy cow. Yeah. I'll take it, it could be so much worse. Yeah, we've we could had... be buried in snow. And we very much still could be buried in snow, but... If you get to the 19th, man, you got about you got about two weeks to go if you get to the 19th to really, really depreciate that chance of bitter cold. Yeah. Really ever, ever, ever come. It's very rare. It's very rare to have a high that's not over freezing after you get through the first week of March. Yeah. So uh, we actually went through that on the show. We the still day, can so. get plenty of Good snow, news. though. Good news. And, and uh, good weather, too, for construction projects and those sorts of things and road work and development stuff that you guys have been talking about and looking at and so maybe uh speeding along on some of those things uh let's start today with some education speaking of uh construction projects some education news dave you've got a chunk of stuff here with some permits so let's uh, hear what you have well the first one i was going to bring up is mickle middle school they are doing a cafeteria 
addition and some interior renovations. Mickel is going to get $2 million worth of work done to their school. All right. So certainly this weather is helping out for anybody in the construction world. Yeah, absolutely. The other uh, permit that came up was Lincoln High. Uh, They are doing a South Annex HVAC modifications, a bunch of window replacements, fire alarms, new lighting, power distribution, and a well field uh, for the... And I'm guessing the well fields for their HVAC. Is that doing geothermal? A lot of, right. That's okay. What, you're seeing uh, this happening in a lot of the schools now. So Lincoln High is, I assume, the oldest school, LPS school building that exists. It's been around for a a long time. Um, and and then Mickle is not as old as Lincoln High, but yeah. that's another one of the older buildings as well. Yeah. And so starting to get around and do some of those projects. It's a really, you know, it's just a really different animal dealing with the different types of buildings that you've got in the LPA system with the HVAC right. systems. The new, I mean, imagine the HVAC system that's going to be in Standing Bear, right, or is in <laughs> Northwest right now. Compared to what you and would needless have to say, in. it's easier when you're building from scratch. Yeah, to, I mean, you got Lincoln, Lincoln High, you know, a century back. You got, and then you got, you know, Southeast and and Lincoln East that are more like fifty years back, and 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 then these some of the newer ones that are now Southwest North Star that are twenty twenty yeah. hours twenty years back. Just uh, just for, for reference, thing. seven point three million dollars approximately for this project at okay. Lincoln High. All right. So that'll be a bit so, those HVAC systems, yeah. Well, all right, what else do we have? Well, this is the this is the biggest one of all. This is for Southeast Community College out at eighty eight hundred O Street. They're doing a four story STEM building, approximately sixty seven thousand square feet. And for the people who don't know, when I say STEM building, those uh, STEM means science, technology engineering and mathematics so this has kind of become a big thing uh for a lot of the educational system is mm-hmm. dealing with the stem subjects mm-hmm. oh i'm guessing in a lot of the 15 jobs to are. 20 years and that's yeah. why i mean uh, there's a lot of jobs there and high-paying jobs and of yeah. course the university also doing a major major project with their engineering college right. as well so we've got two higher institutions investing quite a bit in that yeah in, in that's Lincoln. a huge project for southeast community that college. is that's big 31 yeah. million yeah yeah i mean they've they continue to they have really continued to upgrade invest have mm-hmm. you know yeah. have new things especially on that lincoln campus that's been really significant there and and made it a great asset to have in the community well, they're such a great feeder for the university. If you can knock off some credits there at a lower cost yep. for the first couple of years and then finish up at UNL, it's a great partnership. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Uh, all right, let's uh, get to some of the other things that you've guys got for us. That'll be kind of the education segment. Now we'll do uh, re- restaurant or, I guess, uh, dining, drinking uh, in in the capital city, what do we have, Robin? Uh, drinking beyond the pandemic news, those liquor requests are still rolling in out by the airport near the. There's a former subway which recently got changed over to an Abolidaro's Mexican restaurant as you were headed up towards the airport. Um, so twenty three oh one northwest twelfth. 
Diamond Palace Wedding Hall is under construction. It's going to be a pretty good-sized wedding facility, and they are looking at uh, pulling a building permit for that. But, yeah, quite a a big thing. And as we all noticed the summer after the pandemic, not a lot of choices in Lincoln if you decide in the summer you're going to get married. Yeah, those places get booked up pretty fast. Oh, boy, yeah. yeah easily a year ahead of time i'm familiar with this yeah yeah i do like that name diamond palace diamond palace very nice that sounds very classy yeah i like that all right so we've got that and uh uh, guys i think that's all am i missing anything let's let's talk about some um, some more apartments that are coming into town here oh that's right i skipped the apartments my fault i knew there was something else i got very confused with this today (laughs) Well, this is coming to North 48th and Madison, uh, not very far from uh, Nebraska Wesleyan. It's the vacant lot south of Quick Shop. Uh, these apartments, 20% of the residents will have to make 60% of the area income, and they're planning on some commercial purposes on the first floor, and they're going through uh, the city process. So vacant lot uh, south of Green, Quick Shop. Gr- the the old plumbing. Uh, Green's furnace and furnace plumbing, plumbing burned down like what twenty oh, twenty right, years yeah. ago, and they yeah. kind of moved up the street there for a few years. But yeah, right now it's a vacant lot near that Quick Shop, and so this will provide more of that same idea that they've been working on the apartments upstairs. Hopefully the retail and first floor. I don't know. That just has really struggled. It it has struggled. I think this might be one area where they may have more success than they have in others because there's already quite a bit of foot traffic and the close proximity to Nebraska Wesleyan. But we'll find out. It it, it it's an uphill battle. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But we but we've mentioned this. Uh, I mean, a, a ton though is. As uh, just some of that area, that that sort of that North Forty Eighth corridor, it's it's changed so much uh, over the course of the last even five years. It seems like there, and Ben, I would say, revitalized pretty significantly, and probably become more of a desirable place to to um, to to get apartments over there, and that probably impacts projects like this. So. Uh, all right. Anything else that you've guys got for us? Um, do we have time for National Restaurant News? Got or you plenty. Want to tell us what yeah. we're doing this Saturday. Okay. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Okay. National Restaurant News. KFC's sales were up one percent for 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 uh, fourth quarter. This is year over year. Pizza Hut four times that much. They were up four percent. Um, year to year. And that was because they started integrating the use of delivery services, such as like Uber. Um, Now, the big surprise was Taco Bell. They had lost out a lot on the morning drive breakfast crowd during the pandemic. Um, But they found that their sales jumped 9% when they hired Saturday Night Live's Pete Davidson to do commercials, apologizing for menu items that were maybe Two extreme innovations oh for God. your morning. Seriously, <laughs> they ran those commercials ad nauseum during football season. Yeah, so much, so much, and yeah, that was kind of they went back and showed some of the things that they like. They had a taco that was made out of what looked like a a, a fried egg, essentially, as the shell. And it was had, just too much. They had for tried people. some <laughs> some stuff like that. 
And wow, but I'm surprised that would have been 9%. That's, 9%, yeah. That's, that's a, crazy. That's a significant that's increase. That's a lot when you count know. all the little know, Taco Bells all over the world. I don't know if people <laughs> still think of Taco Bell as a as a breakfast plate. Like, I know they did, they did this like 10 years ago that they started doing this, but I still don't know if it's front of mind for people that they, they do that sort of thing. But like Taco John's does too. So does, the, and so does Amigos. And so does Amigos now. Yeah. I mean, everybody, yeah, the, the me, outside, it's interesting. There are not, there are only a few still fast food, either local or either regional or national chains that don't do breakfast anymore. Runza won't make a breakfast, Runza, no matter how much that we beg them to do it, so they don't have one. Culver's doesn't do breakfast, as I'm thinking through these. Um, And that, like, Subway did a thing where they had breakfast for a while. I assume that's still a thing. I don't know if anybody really thinks that. I don't know. But, like, a a Jimmy John's doesn't. the article it's interesting. The article that I was reading talked about the coffee component of it. Yeah. That that is what what would end up making up a lot of the sales of that mm-hmm. breakfast. So you would be competing on the coffee lo- you know, yeah. you've got to have pretty good coffee right. if you're going to try to That's do this true. this breakfast thing. Yeah. And they said that it works for a lot of the chains because it doesn't take a whole lot of staffing to do breakfast like maybe yeah. it does for for the it's other just interesting ones. which ones choose to do, uh, like a, a freddy's they don't do freddy's right. is like culver's you know kind of they don't do they don't have a breakfast option i can i can understand but the sonic sa- but sonic makes such a, a huge part of what they do i can understand the sandwich shops because they don't really have the equipment to you know cook eggs and bacon and because you know they're they, yeah, they don't. They don't have the, that requirement. Yeah, you know, depending on what time your kid has to get to school. I, I this is my first instance I heard this week of a parent of a 15 year old whose kid cannot find a job in a restaurant. Oh, really? 15 year olds are not allowed to work. Past, yeah, I remember like, this. Seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock. And, so, and there's a lot of places that just don't won't hire and 15 as policy, but they were the last couple years because the labor yeah. shortage with. But now they're not. So, yeah, we went through this uh, three and a half right before the pandemic with my son. And he was 15 and trying to find there were very few places that were available for a for a 15 year old. And um, but that's interesting. So there's that that demand for employees is maybe for teenage employees is going. It'll be interesting how that because you're at the point where kids starting to think parents starting to tell kids to think about summer jobs what they're going to do in the summer. I wonder how different that market looks this year than it has in and previous years. And that one years. senator brought forward that, I mean, it was ill-timed, Ill but he brought forward a, a minimum wage thing yeah. for, you know, let's let's make it less for these teens. I mean, he should have done that before now, but... Right. You know. Well, I mean, I said last summer, I think in particular, I kept saying, man, if you're a, if you're a, a teenager and you're on the ball... You got your choice of, of oh, yeah. summer jobs. You mm. unlike most of us went through. Yeah, you know, we kind of got a lot of us had crappy summer jobs. You could yeah. you could pick what it was the thing that you wanted to do to do or anything. get paid the most or have the hours that you wanted most. Right. I don't know if that'll be the case quite as much this year. It's going to um, change. Yeah. Yeah. Next week we'll share some news about layoffs, and it's pretty staggering in the retail industry. The, yeah. The numbers. All right. I don't know if it can be as staggering as what it is in the technology industry, though. Yeah. I've had some really prolific 
layoffs. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of numbers. We yeah. should get some of those numbers for next week, too, and yeah. share some of those. This Saturday noon on our show, we're going to review a new vegan restaurant that just opened in the Telegraph District, Naughty Buddha Burger. Um, it Wait, is- the vegan restaurant is a burger place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went there. <laughs> Me, my- Do they know what burgers are there? Um. Yeah, okay. it's quite an interesting experience. Okay. Yes. All right. So we'll tell. We'll give a review on Saturday on our show. All right. There you go. So that'll come up uh, Saturday next. That mill. It's a hopping area, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll also talk about scaling your business. Um, if you're getting big, you have to think about things like buying company vehicles, making employee procedure manuals. Maybe these things you never had to think about when you were a tiny little company. All right. I'm gonna have to review your opening and closing restaurant list because a week from tomorrow. It's Munch Madness Selection Day. Remind so me, and I will going. send you yeah. last year and what we have so far this I need year. to update my, my spreadsheet that has every eligible restaurant in Lincoln, just so I can tell people, hey, this is how many we have. It's not a... It's, we're only picking we're picking 64, but that's still only a drop in the bucket, actually. Right. So, there you go. All right, Robin Dave, great to talk to you. We'll be uh, listening to you this weekend. We'll talk to you again here next Thursday, all right? Thank you. Right now in the capital city, we've got 35 degrees. We'll take a break for sports. Caleb is next on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. All right, welcome back. Glad to have you with us on a Thursday morning, February 9, 2023. Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red. I'm on Sports Nightly here on KLIN, and eventually... Eight days away from Nebraska baseball broadcasts as well. Joins us on the Rickstein Recognition Hotline. Morning, Greg. How are you doing today? Jack, I'm great. Good to be with you guys. Good. Uh, since we're so close, and I know we're not going to talk to you next week because you're going to be in, in route to the first baseball games, uh, this will be our last chance to talk to you, actually, before games are played for Nebraska baseball. So I want to I want to kind of start there today to make sure that we spend some time on it. And just very initially, um, I'm, I'm curious – what what you think or what you know this stretch of nice weather has meant for Nebraska baseball's ability to get outside uh, and how significant that has been for them this year. Huge. Absolutely huge for them to get out. I think Will Bolt yesterday at the press conference said they'd been out five straight days. And that's just, I mean, some years you don't get any. And and this year they've, they've had a plethora of days to get out. And, and it's just different seeing the ball in the sky than it is when you're inside the Hawks Championship Center and you can take kind of semi-fly uh, balls, you can't hit it all the way up, but you get a little bit of a, a look at it. But this has been big for them, and it's going to be an interesting year for Nebraska baseball. You, you know, we've, we've talked in the last couple of weeks about the retooling of the roster for football, Jack, and 39 guys coming in for Matt Rural. Well, Bolt kind of did the same thing last summer uh, with the roster, bringing in a bunch of new faces. And so it's going to be an interesting first few weeks to get them to, to know some of the new names and, and hear for all of our listeners to hear a lot of these yeah. games play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll be like when I watched that football game in Ireland and I didn't know who <laughs> half the players were and it was, it was something let's, let's talk a little bit about 
um, about pitching, my sense in kind of reading some of the early stuff and, and hearing you talk about it is that uh, it feels like some of the names that we do know are, are going to be primarily in the bullpen and maybe, you know, some that weekend rotation is going to be filled with names that we're not as familiar with. What, uh, what do you think the weekend rotation, at least to start the season, is going to look like? Yeah, I think they're pretty well set on that. I think Emmett Olson, who last year started a lot of the Saturday games for yeah. Nebraska, big, big stout left-hander, I think he'll be the Friday guy, at least to start the season, and he'll get the first opportunity to set the tone for the weekends. And then Jace Kaminska, who is a transfer from Wichita State, he was in their weekend rotation a year ago. He looks like the guy that they'll probably throw out there on Saturday. Big strikeout guy. He'll throw 93. It will sit around 93 with his fastball, a good put-away slider. So he's a big strikeout-type pitcher. Then on Sunday, I think they're leaning toward Caleb Clark. And this is a name I want Husker fans to kind of take note of. This is a freshman from Canada who really caught their eye in fall ball as a guy that can just get a lot of a lot of people out. He's tough to hit, and I think they're going to let him go uh, on on Sunday. And then I'm not sure about the fourth game because next week we play four. Oh, that's four right. There's a, a Monday game, game, right? Is that, yep, yeah. Monday right around two o'clock Central Time, and a, a potential candidate would be a guy named Michael Garza who. Last year was Incarnate Word's Friday night starter. So Incarnate Word, not a huge conference, but at least he, you know, he's pitching Division One baseball as a Friday night starter. So I think he'll have a shot at doing that. So a mix of some names we've heard and some new faces. And Jack, I think I take it as a good sign that pitchers like Shanneman and Perry are willing, and now it looks like that's where they're going to be is coming out of the bullpen. That means you've replaced them with some better better arms. Yeah, that's the thing is like the and then and then you go through the bullpen and you've got a you know a whole bunch of names or not a whole bunch but several names that that have been stalwarts for quite a while. I mean, Shannon's been here forever. He's he's getting into Mojo Haggy territory there. Uh <laughs> but but you Perry and I believe what Buns is going to come back this year as well. He was a name that had been for a while. There's a decent amount of experience then in the bullpen if you set it up this way. They've really been happy with Buns. He had some arm issues last year and, and wasn't right most of the season, and that certainly hurt the 22 Huskers because he was supposed to be a big anchor in that bullpen for them and uh, went down early in the season and tried to come back a couple different times. Mason Ornelos is a pitcher that we used quite a bit last year. He's back, and he's going to have that one of those roles in that bullpen as well. So there, there are a lot of options for Jeff Christie and Will Bolt to, to roll through. And, you know, when I look back at last year, I thought Jeff Christie did a really nice job kind of massaging a pitching staff that had a lot of injuries. Offense yeah. was the issue a year ago. This team didn't hit 250. And in this day and age of college baseball, where the scoring and the offense is up, Nebraska wasn't. And I think that's why they came up so short in so many games a year ago. Um, what do you, uh, where do you think Drew Christo ends up in this whole thing? I, I only asked just because he was obviously a big name a couple years ago when he decided to come to Nebraska and, and a big recruit, Elkhorn kid. How, do you think he figures in much this year and, and where will his role be? Do you think? Well, based on the comments from coach Bolt yesterday, yes. Um, he had, apparently, according to the coach had a great final few weeks of fall ball back in October and has been lights out in their inter-squad scrimmages that they've had the last two weeks, if he all of a sudden becomes what he was projected to be, and this was a young guy that a lot of people thought would be drafted at a high school, maybe at a pretty high level, a high round, if he turns into that, wow, Nebraska's in got a lot of different options they can have. Drew's a big, impressive-looking athlete, 6'2-ish, good frame, 
uh, throws in the low 90s. If he can get the breaking ball to work for him, man, he could be a huge weapon for that. So that was really encouraging to hear Will mention Drew yesterday when he was asked about him and how impressed they've been with him. So I can't wait to see him climb the hill for the first time and see if he can carry what he's done in some of these scrimmages into a game. So when we get to the lineup, I, 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 you know, and just there will be a few names I expect will be out there regularly that I'll that I'll remember. I assume Max Anderson. I assume Bryce Matthews. Um, I assume Griffin Everett, uh, um, and maybe Cervantes as well. He kind of, you know, he played especially as a defensive specialist a bit last year. Am I forgetting anybody else? I'm trying to trying to think through the roster on that. Well, I think there's two names that you would you would remember. Garrett Anglum had a really good season okay. last year. The young man from Papillion La Vista. He he did a nice job in right field. In fact, of, of the offensive guys a year ago, the one that maybe overproduced was Garrett. So I'm excited for him to come back out. He went to the uh, uh, Alaska League this summer, said he had a great time up there. Alaska? The, the really? <laughs> it's a terrific college summer league is in Alaska. Really? C.J. Huh. Hood went up there, okay. had a great time. In fact, it'd be fun to talk to him about his experience in Alaska. And then Josh Karen last year kind of teased us a little bit. He's a catcher. You could tell there was a lot of power there. He didn't hit any home runs last year and, and didn't catch a lot because Griffin Everett caught so much. Yeah. But he went to the Northwoods League, which is a league up in Wisconsin, Minnesota, that area of the country in the summer. And he bashed a bunch of home runs. I think he's going to be the primary catcher for Nebraska this year. Griffin will work in there. I think Griffin will probably DH some, maybe okay. play some first base. But I think Josh Karen set to have a big year. And Jack, in, in, in college baseball, oh, your season usually is determined by how do your sophomores do? Guys who have been through it once, do they keep improving? And so I'm looking at Karen and Anglum as two guys. If they can really pick it up and continue to be better and better players, man, Nebraska could have a fun fun spring. Yeah, that's good. So there there are there are some names there. Um wh- where do you think Matthew I know Matthews has played a few spots in in the infield. Where do you think he ends up kind of based on what you know of the rosters right now playing regularly defensively? I, th- I think Bryce will be the shortstop in most okay. games and then you've got Max Anderson late last year they moved Max to second base. He probably the that's last right. three weekends played second base. So I think that's where he will be. So your middle infield will be Anderson and Matthews, they're really excited. And this got mentioned yesterday as well, third base, Dylan Carey, who was the Colorado player of the year last year. I think they think he's got star potential as well. So he's going to be the third baseman starting the year. And at first base, I mentioned Griffin Everett. I think he'll play some there. But they also picked out of the transfer portal, young guy by the name of Fisher from Southern Mississippi. He hit 320 for the Golden Eagles a year ago. So I think he... You'll see him at first base a lot. So, kind of that experience that we talk about—that'll be mainly in the infield for for yes. Nebraska. You mentioned three of the four guys uh, that that we mentioned there. So that that then leaves the outfield, uh, and and especially if Anderson's coming in and and playing infield, how do you see that kind of shaking out? At least the the names that are that are going to be in the lineup over the course of the weekend here. Well, Garrett Anglum, I think, would be your right fielder. He played it most of last year, so I think he's there. Casey Burnham is a transfer from Kansas. He's originally from Grand Island, started for the Jayhawks last year. He looks to be their center fielder. And then left field could be a little bit of a revolving door, moving guys around and giving some different people chances in left field. So, uh, But I think they feel like they've added offensive punch with guys like Burnham and Fisher out of the transfer portal, and then Dylan Carey, the true freshman at third base. 
they think that that's going to really pump up their offense a little bit. So, again, I think that, you know, first couple of weeks, you're going to see some different names in the lineup just to see who, who does perform well. And Will says, I'm not, I'm not big on just giving guys a chance to give them a chance. He goes, they got to earn it through practice and what they do. But I also, I think he knows he's got some depth and needs to get some guys into the lineup. Uh, last thing about baseball, San Diego. It's at San Diego. Uh, if you're right, you're on KLIN Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, starting at Friday at night at 8 o'clock local time here. Uh, what do we know about the kind of opponent San Diego is here? Pretty good. They won their, they're won. they in the West Coast Conference. They won their league a year ago, so they were in the NCAA tournament. They have a beautiful ballpark. Um, Chris Bryant, the, the former Chicago Cub, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on where he's playing Rockies. now. Rockies, he went to the Rockies. It's the so Rockies. it's so weird. That's why he, he signed weird? with them last March. It's still I forgot that all of last year too. Uh, so I don't blame you. I just I could not figure out. He he's an alum of San Diego. Great ballpark, good setting, and a decent team to open this thing up with for Oscar. So you've got baseball after dark, eight o'clock yes. next Friday night. That should be. That should be a lot of fun. That'll be that will be uh, very good, and and, uh, uh, and I said Greg will be traveling, so we'll catch back up with him after that series, uh, and then get ready for uh, the South Alabama series two Thursdays from right now. Um, tough, tough night for Nebraska basketball last night. Turnovers reared their ugly heads again, and then God, it was one of these. T- how many times, Greg? And and sometimes it's about defense, and sometimes it's not. But how many times does it feel like the opponent against Nebraska has their best three point shooting? of their entire year against Nebraska. Maybe it's me just feeling sorry for myself, but, man, it feels like that happens a lot. Yeah, Michigan would have beat a lot of people last night. And, and here's the thing. Michigan's not had a great year, but now you look at the standings today, and they're tied for second in the Big Ten Conference. So they shot it really well. What you have to do when you play Michigan is pick what you want to do, and Nebraska decided to double up Dickinson yeah. like they did Edie from Purdue. And what you do is you say, okay, I want to make some other people beat us. And to Michigan's credit, they had other guys step up and hit the threes. But, you know, the, to me, the, the last night, that big stretch, and that was about the 12-minute mark of the first half until about the eight-minute mark where Nebraska just turned the ball over. It seemed like so possession much. after possession after yeah. possession. And then Michigan's drilling threes. That's where the separation of the game happened. Like you shake that one off. you got a very winnable game coming up in two days, PBA with Wisconsin. I think you just try to put that one behind you and move on to the Badgers. It's and and these games, you know, I think uh, probably most likely, uh, unless you go on a real streak here at the end, uh, the hopes for postseason play after the conference tournament are are very slim at this point. But but these games are still important. I mean, for a variety of reasons, including the future of the program. But I think you know, I think the I think this month matters, right? I'd, even even though some of the goals are off the table, how do you feel about that? Absolutely. Particularly for these younger players like Jamarcus Lawrence and Denim Dawson, you're trying to establish yourself as a as a legitimate Big Ten type player and, and you're playing, you know, to 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 show people, you know what, I, I can do this at Nebraska and I can make Nebraska better. It's been so fun to watch Casey and the rip that he's on right now. My gosh, every time the ball leaves his hands you think it's gonna go in and it's been fun to watch him. I'm a huge Jamarcus Lawrence fan. I think I've told you that in the past. Mm-hmm. I just love his game and can't wait to watch him play more and more. And I, I think it's a big final three weeks for like a like a Blaze Keita. He needs to, you know, he was doing so well in November when Derek wasn't there, and I thought he was really progressing. And then that darn ankle injury came and kind of stopped his growth this year. But I think he yeah. he's going to have to be a big 
part of this team in moving into next season. And so he needs the development and the, the, the game time here in the next three yes. weeks. That, I mean, he, the, 100% I agree on K-Day. Just he needed minutes this year. He fe- he looked uh, at potential but raw at the beginning of the year, and you start to see a little bit of that, but that injury just took away so much of that. And and then real quick, back to K-Say. Boy, what a... It's interesting, like how much if things stay the same next year and and Hoiberg's back and you kind of have the the nucleus of this team and you you know you get a Gary back. Obviously, there'll be changes, but Lawrence and those sorts of things. How do you think you kind of use Casey to maximize him? Like, is he a regular twenty twenty five point scorer a game? Can he really do that? And and. And I keep wondering, should should they have been relying on him more earlier this year now that I see what he's able to do right now? Well, I think part of what makes Casey so effective, Jack, is Derek. Because Derek yes. has got such a great ability to pass from the high post. So you do lose Derek. So can you replace a, a big that can post and pull a center away from the basket so that Casey's backdoor cuts are really effective? So that's the part I don't know. I don't know what Hannah Brass is going to fill that void next year, but uh, I'm sure Casey would agree, but a lot of his magic is because Kate Derek can set him up. Yes, He can pull a Dickinson or an Edie or the opponent's center away from the basket to protect the rim, and then teams have to overplay Casey because they, they're afraid of his shooting ability, and then he can backdoor you to death. But because he has a high post passer and Walker is so good, he can get the ball in position to make point. layups and that type of thing. So I, I need to know the other X factor of that, and that would be who would be that high post guy for Nebraska next year. Yeah, uh, but his ability to finish being undersized oh. at the rim still amazes me. He had one. He had one yesterday. I have no idea how he did it uh, <laughs> with a little up and under thing, and it was ridiculous. But he is. I mean, there's uh, there's no doubt he is a fun fun player to watch. Um, and, and I'm hoping he's, he's, uh, still a part of things next year as we, you know, you just don't know what next year is going to look like. Uh, and then I want to touch on the women. They do play tonight. And so that'll impact programming schedules tonight. Um, Illinois tonight. Where do you think Nebraska kind of sits? Obviously, you want to see them in the NCAA tournament, kind of in the middle of the conference. How do you sort of evaluate their postseason prospects right now with a month left and what can happen in that month? I think they're in right now, but they they don't have a big margin for error. And games like tonight are huge. And, and so is the one Monday with Northwestern. Those are kind of must-win games. And, you know, just because Nebraska has not been able to, to really put together a nice stretch here in the last six weeks of, you know, three or four wins in a row, they've kind of worked themselves to the bubble. Now they've got great opportunities ahead. They go to Ann Arbor this weekend. That would be, If they could go on the road and pick that one off and, and then they've got the big game with Iowa a week from Saturday. That would be another huge feather if they could go get one of those. But tonight's games are big, and Illinois has made huge progress this year. They have a first-year coach, but uh, they also I think they're not quite as good as maybe their resume shows. And so this is a game Nebraska needs to win at home, protect the home court, and, and move toward March. The women's season, because remember, their tournament starts a week earlier than the men's, at least the conference tournament does. So mm-hmm. we're only about three weeks out from their season being over and into into March Madness for them. So this is a big game tonight against Illinois. They play them twice here in the last three weeks. So it's a big one tonight. Right now, I think a lot of the projections have Nebraska as one of the last four in the tournament. So there's this they got to try to get as many wins as they can between now and March. Here's my request. You know, get these games you need to like this, and then maybe a win against Iowa at yep. a packed yep. PBA with Caitlin Clark would put the icing on the cake for that whole thing. That would be great. That's my wish, at least. Would love that. Yeah.
That'd be good. All right, Greg, uh, we know you're going to be traveling next week. Safe travels. We are very excited to hear you on the call on Friday night and through next weekend. A week from tonight, 8 o'clock is your first Nebraska baseball game at San Diego. Seven on Saturday, three on Sunday, two on Monday. So a little bit of a different time every day. Any yeah. disputes with the, uh, the the jersey retirements? Did you have any problem with those uh, three guys no. getting there? I mean, those are the three <laughs> quintessential. Uh, it's, it's crazy that it hasn't happened yet. To be honest, yeah. in some ways, no. I want to be there. That I want to be there. For people who didn't hear, uh, Gordon Erstad and Shane Comine, kind of man. If you're making a Mount Rushmore of the modern Nebraska cool. baseball, those three are on there for sure. And you're debating about the fourth, I think, pretty much. Um, Love it. I yeah. think people talk about Java, and I think you know Java, Java too. Will probably come. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, hey, great to talk to you, Greg. Had fun, and uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. All right. Sounds good, Jack. Thanks, right. Greg Sharp. Voice of the Big Red, including Nebraska baseball. Oh, it's going to be great. 8 o'clock. Hopefully a nice day on that Friday. Maybe uh, I'm excited set up, for baseball. Set up the radio in the garage. I don't know why I always think that, but put the radio in the garage. Get a lawn chair out. Yes. Uh, get yourself a cooler. I'm coming over for it. That sounds very fun. All right. Let's get some good weather so we can do that. All right. We'll take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show. Caleb, request on Friday, tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Edition. Text in those Valentine's Day songs and dedications right now. Get them in as soon as possible. See you tomorrow, 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.